Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Sunday morning Bible class. We're podcasting a Sunday morning Bible class for all of those who cannot be with us in person at the building at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ, and for those who are listening in other parts of the country and literally around the world. We're thankful to have the opportunity, the ability, and the means to be able to broadcast these lessons from God's Word all around the world, literally through the internet. Podcasting. Boy, what a great technology that God has blessed us with to be able to do this. You know, we're told to, as we're going, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. Lo, I'm with you always even to the end of the age of the world. Amen. Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. As Mark recorded that great commission from our Lord, the Lord said, Go into all the world, preach the gospel to all creation. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He who does not believe shall be condemned. Mark 16, verses 15 and 16. Well, the early Christians, they went, they traveled And they spread the gospel, I think we're to understand, basically through the known world at that time. But they had to go by boat, by ship, by donkey, by ox, ox cart, by horse, by foot power. (laughs) We are blessed to be able to reach out, maybe in a more efficient way, if we think about it, through the means of the internet as we podcast God's Word on a regular basis. Now, we need to still go out and talk to people in person and sit down with them and study God's Word with them one-to-one or maybe have a short class together with a number of people. But we have this ability to reach out in such a widespread, extensive basis through a technology that, well, those early Christians, they probably did not even imagine let alone dream of, because they did not have anything like internet technology to begin with. Didn't know what the internet was. Did not know what radio was, telephone, radio waves, television signals, and all of that. That would have been fanciful dreaming for anyone back then. And yet, here it is today at our fingertip disposal. Well, we're thankful to be able to utilize this to teach God's Word We're thankful that you're there listening and studying with us. And we encourage you to take these lessons and share them with everybody you can. Now, you can do that easily through Facebook friends, text messages, maybe other technological means. But you know people in your life who need to get into God's Word. Share these lessons with them. With your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, anybody and everybody you can. You may help somebody ultimately get to heaven And while that will be a great blessing for them, it will also be a great blessing for you. We also encourage you to tell everybody to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Scroll down the homepage to our podcast button, click on that. It'll only take about one minute to sign up for our podcasting. It is free. It will always be free. We're not after your wallet. We want to help you get to heaven. When you sign up for our podcasting, 
These lessons will automatically go to your smart device, whichever one you choose. Your smartphone, computer, laptop, tablet, pad, whatever it might be. You'll automatically receive every Wednesday night Bible class, Sunday morning Bible class, and all of our sermons, which are posted in video format now. And you'll receive a great daily, about a 13-minute Bible study each day. Short one, but it gets us into God's Word every day. And since faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17, it's important that we're in God's Word on a regular, frequent, consistent basis. And you'll also receive our Monday through Friday radio program, Search the Scriptures. Now, while at our while in our website at churchofchrist.com, you can also download and listen on audio, and more and more are being posted on video, hundreds of sermons. And you can download and read and study through hundreds of biblically-based and spiritually-focused articles. All of that, again, is for free. Tremendous study resources that can help you develop and grow in your faith. Now, if you are in or near the Omaha area, we hope you'll come and be with us in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street in Omaha. And again, Bible classes begin on Sunday morning at 9.30, followed by worship at 10.30, Wednesday night Bible classes each Wednesday evening at 6.30. We hope to see you soon. We're going to get back into our study from the book of Exodus. We're studying through what we might consider to be, well, the early history of Israel. Now, much of what we've studied, in fact, all of the book of Genesis was not really at the point yet in that historical study where there was a true nation of Israel. Even though there was a man whose name, Jacob, was changed by God to Israel, it would be through his bloodline that the 12 tribes of Israel would descend and then develop, multiply into the mighty nation of Israel itself. The book of Exodus picks up where they have become that nation of people, but not yet really having taken on that national identity as a nation. They multiplied and grew within the boundaries of Egypt for about 400 years. And in so doing, they multiplied from one man's family, probably less than 100 people, to a nation. Now again, not yet recognizing themselves as being a full-fledged nation with a national identity and boundaries of, of, of national identity, but still in population a nation nonetheless, probably one to three million people. We've seen them already develop to that point. And now Moses has led them out of Egypt. They had been in bondage for much of the recent time during those 400 years. And so God chose Moses to lead them out of Egypt, out of bondage, and lead them through the wilderness to the land that he had promised to their forefather, Abraham. God promised that through Abraham's offspring, he would give the land of Canaan, which would become the nation of Israel. 
So Moses has led them out of Egypt. In chapter 14, we saw the pursuing Egyptian army as God had led the Israelites across the Red Sea, parting those waters and drying up the river bed where he had parted those waters and led them across the Red Sea on dry ground. The pursuing Egyptian army drove their chariots into that pathway and as the Israelites, the last of them, reached the far bank across the Red Sea, God closed up the waters and destroyed upon and destroyed the pursuing Egyptian army. God's power was demonstrated in one final act against the disbelievers of Egypt. Well, chapter 15. This is an interesting chapter. It's basically a chapter of praise to God. First, the Song of Moses, as it is called, beginning with verse 1. Again, they're on the far bank of the Red Sea. They have begun their trek through the wilderness and ultimately to the promised land that God had promised to Abraham through his offspring oh, over 400 years before. God's fulfilling his promise. Now, some of us, from a human perspective, might think, well, uh, God sure waited a long time. <laughs> well, we want things right now. God knows the right time. And this was the right time. We begin reading with verse 1, Exodus chapter 15. Then Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord and spoke, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. Speaking of the pursuing Egyptian warriors. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. Oh, how those words ought to ring through our ears and stay in our heart. Those ought to be our words. But of course, we've got to walk with God in faithful obedience for those to really have the full meaning in our lives that they had as Moses and the Israelites were singing this song before God way back then. He is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. And how we need to praise God today and exalt him in our hearts, in our lives, and before others as we live a faithful Christian life. How we need to exalt him. Hmm. God deserves all praise and all glory. Sometimes we get kind of down in the mouth and we think, well, things are going so bad. But we still have good things in our lives, don't we? We have a roof over our head. We have food to eat. may not be all the kinds of food that we would prefer, but we've got food to eat. We've got clothes on our back. And almost without question, we have people who love us. Well, James said that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. God is good all the time. James 1 and verse 17. The text goes on. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. 
Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has cast into the sea and drowned in the sea. The depths have covered them. They sank to the bottom like a stone because they recognized that God had given them victory over the pursuing Egyptian army, perhaps the mightiest army in the world at that time, certainly almost without question within that part of the world, and God defeated them. God defeated them before their very eyes. They were no more. Verse 6, Your right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, has dashed the enemy in pieces. And in the greatness of your excellence, you have overthrown those who rose against you. You sent forth your wrath. It consumed them like stubble. Very descriptive language. Well, it is written in poetic form in this particular text, but it is very descriptive language. And they're praising God and giving him glory for having defeated, destroyed the pursuing Egyptian army and delivered them from that pursuit, from that danger. And with the blast of your nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The floods stood upright like a heap. The depths congealed in the heart of the sea. Oh, what it must have been like to see the effect of God parting those waters across the Red Sea, causing the winds to blow and dry up the riverbed under that that parting and uh, along that path where the water was no more and having all of that multitude those millions of souls travel across that sea on dry land and looking to their right and to their left and seeing mighty walls of water on each side just standing there not touching them not making them wet just standing there, what that must have been like. And then to see God, when they were all across, close those waters back down in the riverbed and upon that Egyptian army that were after God's people. Oh, talk about a story to tell their children and grandchildren after them and great-grandchildren about the powers of God, the love of God, the majesty of God, the goodness of God. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. My desire shall be satisfied on them. I will draw my sword, my hand shall destroy them. Speaking of the Egyptian army, and particularly Pharaoh, as they went after the fleeing Israelites. Verse 10 goes on and says, speaking of God, you blew with your wind, the sea covered them, they sank like lead in the mighty waters. Hmm. Well, those Egyptian soldiers, they did not draw one sword against an enemy. They didn't get the chance to. They didn't throw one spear, but didn't run one chariot over a body. They never made it to the other side. The power of God simply closed the waters upon them and they were all destroyed. 
Verse 11. And this is a question we all ought to ask rhetorically. <laughs> the answer is understood, or at least should be, within the question itself. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Lowercase g. Understanding that there is no God, true God, except God the Father, the creator of this world and the universe. Who is like you, O Lord? among the gods, the idols in other words. Who is like you, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? The answer, no one, nothing is like God. Nothing even begins to compare. You stretched out your right hand, the earth swallowed them. You, in your mercy, have led forth the people whom you have redeemed, the Israelites, in other words. You have guided them in your strength to your holy habitation. Well, Moses was to lead them initially to Mount Sinai, where they would worship God. But ultimately, he was to lead them to the promised land in fulfillment of God's promise to Abraham so many hundreds of years before. And they were to become the nation of Israel and be the people of God, which they were already, but now they were to take up their national identity. Verse 14, the people will hear and be afraid. What people? All enemies of God's people? All people who do not believe in and worship God? Sorrow will take hold of the inhabitants of Philistia. Then the chiefs of Edom will be dismayed. The mighty men of Moab, trembling, will take hold of them. All the inhabitants of Canaan will melt away. Fear and dread will fall on them. By the greatness of your arm, they will be as still as a stone till your people pass over, O Lord till the people pass over whom you have purchased. Oh, what incredible imagery. Well, certainly. You say, well, wait a minute. The people of Philistia were not there to see what happened. The people of Edom were not there to see what happened. The mighty men of Moab, they weren't around when God destroyed the Egyptian army. Oh, but they would hear about it. They would hear about it all. The word would travel far and near. And as the words say in verse 16, fear and dread will fall on them. Later, when God would lead the Israelites across the Jordan River into the promised land, the people of Jericho already knew who was coming. They already knew about the might and the power of the one true God because they had heard what he had done to another army, to other armies, plural. Verse 17, you will bring them in and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance, in the place, O Lord, which you have made for your own dwelling, the sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. 
What a true statement. God is eternal. Time without beginning. Time without ending. God is, and he shall reign forever and ever. Verse 19, For the horses of Pharaoh went with his chariots and the horsemen into the sea, and the Lord brought back the waters of the sea upon them, but the children of Israel went on dry land in the midst of the sea. And there's the contrast. And how that ought to paint a vivid picture in our minds about the difference in walking with God and not walking with God. The Israelites, they were walking with God as he parted that sea, as he led them across on dry land. The Egyptians did not even believe in God, and they were destroyed. Ultimately, on that final day of judgment, as we stand before our Lord, we will give account of the things done in the body, whether good or bad. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10. And the righteous shall be separated on the right hand from the unrighteous on the left, and the righteous will be given that home in heaven, while the unrighteous, well, they will experience eternal condemnation in the torments of hell. That's an eternal, ultimate application of what we just read in verse 19 of Exodus chapter 15. God saved his people. He destroyed their enemies. Now, that was known as the Song of Moses. Verse 20 begins the Song of Miriam, the sister of Moses. Then Miriam, the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took the timbrel in her hand, and all the women went out after her with timbrels, in their, with timbrels and with dances. And Miriam answered them, Sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. Well, a brief reiteration of the more lengthy and repeated verses in the Song of Moses that preceded this. Verse 22. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. It wasn't just across the Red Sea that God was leading them, his people, but it was to an ultimate destination. And so Moses leads Israel from the Red Sea. Then they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. They were going to be continually confronted with challenges through their wilderness wanderings. But God was going to provide for them miraculously, and that was to be an ongoing, powerful lesson to them that God is there. And as they walked with God, God would walk with them and see them through. And that's a lesson that we need to learn today for our own lives. Verse 23, now when they came to Marah, they, they could not drink the waters of, of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah, Marah, which means bitter. And the people complained against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? Oh, we're fickle people, aren't we? 
as human beings. They had just seen three days before God part the waters and deliver them from the pursuing Egyptian army. Undoubtedly, if the Egyptian army had caught up to them, they would have killed many of them on the spot. And now they're complaining to Moses, what shall we drink? Verse 25, so he cried out to the Lord and the Lord showed him a tree. When he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made a statute and an ordinance for them, and there he tested them and said, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God, and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Oh my! God is showing them again. Now, he brought 10 plagues on the Egyptians and ultimately delivered them from Egyptian bondage. When the Egyptian army was pursuing them, God destroyed that army before them. They go three days into the wilderness. They need water to drink. And God miraculously cleanses or makes pure the water that was bitter before. And he tells them, if you will diligently heed my voice, if you will follow my teachings, my commandments, my statutes, I will take care of you. I am the Lord who heals you. Then they came to Elim, where, they, where there were 12 wells of water and 70 palm trees. So they camped there by the waters. God will take care of them. And he said, I will put none of those diseases that I put on the Egyptians through those ten plagues. How we need to recognize God's love for and care for us as we truly walk with him in faithful obedience. The Hebrews writer Put it this way in Hebrews chapter 13. We begin reading with verse 5. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Now we need to understand God's promise, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Well, that's contingent upon our never leaving God nor forsaking him. How blessed we are that God loves us so much and wants to take care of us and ultimately have us with him in heaven. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Praise, glory, honor, and thanks be to you. You are almighty, and there's nothing impossible for you. Thank you, Father, for watching over us in your might and majesty and power. And thank you for your promise to always be with us and ultimately deliver us, no matter what we may face, as long as we will walk with you. 
We pray that you will help people all over the world see this promise and come to you through Jesus Christ. Please forgive us, gracious Father, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.